0: How do that's you do very that? hard in New York. Yeah.
1: yeah I was say. <laughs> um, well, I set a, key, a few ground rules for myself. So, hey, friend, it's David Nabinsky here in Brooklyn, here at the Portfolio Career Podcast to help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design a life that you want to live. Are you looking to have healthy relationships? Today's episode is all about relationships. It's a podcast mixer episode where four people shared short stories about relationships. Impactful moments, breakthroughs, hacks, meaningful stories for you. You'll hear these quick short stories and then followed up by some Q&A from people that are attending this in-person event in Brooklyn. These are Podcast Mixer episodes and you can learn more on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. As Tony Robbins says, the quality of your life is quality of your relationships so hopefully this episode helps you with your relationships as always this episode with notes is available on my website at portfoliocareerpodcast.com there you can subscribe to my newsletter which is a Substack called portfolio career you can also sign up for my free podcasting course as well so excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career here we go with Gly. Gly?
0: Hello David. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Would love to hear your story, Oh, my story. Um, I was a little hesitant to share this story because you know sometimes I don't like to talk about the past because I feel like I'm like recreating it and adding more momentum to it, but um I've been leaning recently into just like vulnerability as a strength and just recognizing that things happen, and that's okay and um and so I was recently in a romantic relationship um we We were just kind of flowing and just seeing like feeling things out and uh i'm in this space where like i mentioned earlier i i kind of left society um and didn't really follow all the rules of like you have to go to work and you have to do this and and doing that and going in that exploration had really had me get to a point where um i was free i am free and there were some like Certain ramifications, particularly financial ramifications <laughs> for my living the way that I did and um, and those financial ramifications have been really challenging for me in my romantic relationships and and so now i 'm like kind of cleaning that up, but uh, i'm in this relationship and we're um you know we're talking and like she's like doing very well in her life you know she's, she's working like in the corporate like sector slash non- non-profit um she's making good money and oftentimes um you know when we're going out or something she'll like you know cover some of the bill or what have you and um and that would really make me feel some type of way, you know, because I was raised to believe, you know, as a man, you have to be the provider. And um, and so I'm like letting go of these narratives actively because I know that they're harmful and that they don't have to be there. Yet it doesn't change the fact that it's still like a challenging experience when you're in it. And um, one day um, we go to the park and, you know, I'm flowing and she's doing her thing. She's working. And I feel like really crappy because I'm like I should be working in the traditional sense, and I'm like in one of my like sort of down negative space. You know, I'm just like down on myself, judging myself. And um, I get back to her place because she she goes back, and um, she's like on a call, another meeting. And I go into the kitchen and I'm like, okay, let me just like make food for the both of us. And so I, I start cooking, and I feel like crap because. one of the things that she jokingly said at the very beginning of our relationship was just, just like, I low key want like a house husband, you know, somebody who will just like, you know, be at home and, and like handle home and stuff. Um, and I told her, I was like, that's not me. <laughs> I'm not going to be anybody's house husband. But um, in that moment, I'm in the kitchen cooking and I felt like myself was I, I was going into that role of being a house husband. And I was kind of resentful and angry about that. And granted, there's nothing wrong with being a house husband, by the way. Like, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's just like more of the socialization. Um, I come out of that, the kitchen, I give her food. And then later on, I just kind of tell her, I was like, I think I need some space. I I don't know if I said it exactly like that, but (laughs) it, it kind of came out in a way where, I was just voicing like, oh, like I don't want to be this and this and this, and I was just like talking about all of the sort of insecurities, or or speaking from that space, as opposed to from a space of like, hey, you know what? I think I need a couple of weeks to just get my, you know, focus on myself, you know, take care of myself because I'm just like not feeling too like well and like about where I'm at in life or whatever. You know, I could have been much more um, empowered about how I shared that and um and then she just like took it you know you know understandably so like you know badly and like we kind of went had this back and forth um and eventually when i leave her apartment um i just hear her kind of crying and angry and i just felt terrible um because it's just like how could you let this happen how could, like why are you letting your insecurities like kind of destroy something a beautiful relationship um and i just made a decision in that moment never to allow that to to be the case again um and 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 it doesn't have to be even if i'm not rolling in dough i don't have to necessarily allow like these sort of insecurities to kind of stop me from actually being present and actually enjoying and engaging in the relationship um in whatever relationship i'm in and so that was a, a decision that i made and i feel like it's really shifted how i show up in the world where i'm able to like talk about things like this or just be with friends and just be like, yeah, like, I can't do this activity right now, but we will later on, you know, and, and it feels good, you know, and it, it feels like I'm speaking from an empowered space, and so, uh yeah, that was uh, my sort of relationship story. Just
2: a point of clarification on it, so when you said that you were in the kitchen having that moment, right? yeah, you mentioned there's a socialization element of, yeah. like, you just don't think you should be that way yeah but then there's also a personal element of like how do you want to be yeah i I don't actually
0: i don't want to be a house husband i i what do you envision is that my 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 vision is like being able to and i think this is what really bothered me because i felt like i was cooking because of a necessity and i was just like i can't you know be splurging or whatever and that really bothered me that i was in that position It was like how could you let yourself be in this place right now and um I never I think moving forward in the future I envision myself doing well i like I have the security that I desire financially um if I'm cooking is because I, I choose to it's because i want to it's, it's like a it's like an art form it's like a play for me um because I do actually enjoy cooking um but if it's like I have to cook out of necessity or because to survive like the survival energy just doesn't feel aligned with me anymore um and and so yeah like I envision like yeah we we Honestly, like we have maids and like gardeners and like all types of stuff. Like anything that I don't want to do, like I have some, I have, have people to do that for me. Um, but that's not to say that those roles are, are bad or inherently. It's just not how I want to spend my time and my energy anymore. And um, and I, but bigger than or deeper than that is just I want to live from this place of of like security, of love, of abundance. Um, and so that's kind of like what I envision for myself in the future.
1: Amazing. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Claude. Yeah. Hey, Rena. Hello. Hi, everyone. Is there a relationship story you'd like to share with us?
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm setting the timer because I don't want to go over the three minutes. Um, so I I wanted to talk about my parents because I think that was something that wasn't put on the wall as much and I feel like um, like Ashley was saying our parents' influence there's there's a lot of like what happens as you know when we're children or growing up around our parents that influences how we relate to romantic relationships and so my parents um, uh, have been a really like many of us have. Been a really big part of my story and who I am in a lot of ways I represent both of my parents which has been very confusing for me growing up because I am many part like both my sisters are more similar to one parent than the other and I am like I'm sort of the my I'm both of them and um, there are a lot of contradictory elements to my parents that are inside of me and so those parts are often I feel at battle and so that's something I've had to work through. And um, I'm going to just talk about a time that uh, I really felt that. And, um, and I'm gonna go back to my, <laughs> similar to Gly, my days of being a free wanderer and like <laughs> not living in the matrix <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, choosing to sort of like live off the grid and reject capitalism and all of that. Um, so uh, several years ago, I, uh, I graduated from college and I decided to move to India. And I lived in India for three years, moved to this ashram called the Gandhi Ashram, where Mahatma Gandhi had started India's independence movement. And um, through that time, I ended up meeting this very spiritual community and ended up becoming very entrenched in like Vipassana meditation and, and just like this very alternative way of living, like a gift economy and um, people who, quote, like have ha- had sex- successful careers and decided to leave and like, sort of live on the fringes of 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 society and when I was in India my parents it was it was interesting because like within a year my mom was like was just like crying and meditating and like praying and like you know praying that I was safe and my dad was like extremely angry and he like and he was that was his Form of anger, or his form of concern, but he was extremely angry. Angry, and he thought I was being brainwashed, essentially, by living in the ashram. Um, and so he thought I was going to just escape to the Himalayas and um, and like become a monk and like never return to normal society. And, um, I had a moment where both my parents, um, I, I went home after a year of living in India to like smooth things over, especially with my dad. Um, because at the time I had promised my dad I would take over our family business, which was in real estate. And, um, and so I went back to to India, or went back to the U.S. and uh, spent the summer. And one night I had a dream that I need to walk the Camino de Santiago. <laughs> and so the next morning I booked my ticket, and, and the next week I left for Spain. Um, but before I left for Spain, my parents um, my parents dropped me off at the airport. And um, it's interesting because although I am like two parts my parents in a lot of ways, they I I, I have this thing inside of me that is that I see in them as well, which is they, they share, they have this thing around, like, they have raised me in a way where they don't tell me what to do. They don't, um, they don't tell me how to live my life. They sort of just express, they they don't express their, they express their concern usually through like silence, like not, they're not Mm -hmm. as explicit about it so for example my dad's rage very silent (laughs) and so um and so as they were dropping me off at the airport uh they uh they didn't really say anything they just sort of like we said bye and they, they went the other way and i remember in that moment like turning around and watching them leave the airport and like walk away and i had this moment of Um, Like, I'm so sorry I'm doing this to you. Like, I'm so sorry I'm causing you so much pain and disappointment for the for the choices that I'm making. But I feel like this is what I need to do in order to come back to you eventually. And as like as as the person that I've always meant was meant to be. And um, to me, it felt like I was doing them a service because they had they come to the U.S. With, with $20 and grew up in poverty. And I felt like going off on my exploration, rediscovering my identity in India, going off on the spiritual journey was in service to them. But they couldn't see it and understand it at the time. And so as they were kind of walking away, I had this like sign. I, and I, I wanted to scream out to them and tell them, like, I'm, I'm so sorry I'm doing this to you. And I was like kind of crying as they were walking away. Um, but they never turned around and I never said it. And I still haven't said it to them. Mm. I've said it in some ways to them, but not directly like this. And um, and I'm sort of I'm, I I'm, I felt called to tell this story because I'm now at a place where where like my parents are starting to see it. Like they're starting to see the outcome of those years of leaving and like kind of living off the grid and it's starting to see it in my life. It's still really hard, but there's this element of. Um, of like taking our parents along our journey with us, that is extremely difficult, but that is that is so necessary. It's almost like continuing to say things to them, and they might not get in the moment, but maybe some things will seep in. Sort of like talking to teenagers, like you just keep talking at them, and maybe some things will register. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I don't know. That was that was a little bit tangential, but that's that's my story.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love it. And so it sounds you were talked a lot about how like how they were kind of changing, or mm-hmm. how, but how mm-hmm. do you think? that was changing you?
3: hmm Like, in mo- more recently?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. so how... Like, you're talking about how, like, your relationship with your family is changing, but mm-hmm. because of that or through that, how do you think that that's, like, impacting you?
3: Mm, yeah. Um, I think... I mean, in some ways, it has made me feel, obviously, closer to them. Um, it has also sort of like brought up something that's been recurring in me, which is accepting what is um, and accepting where they, accepting that where they are is where they are. And also sort of giving, has given me the confidence to continue on my path. Mm. Um, Because like the world didn't end back then and it probably won't end now (laughs) with the decisions I'm making. Uh, They'll probably be better than they were then. So um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it's just a combination of those.
1: Cool. Love it. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing.
3: Yeah, you're welcome. Yes.
1: Cool. Brian. Right. Hey, Brian. Hello, sir. <laughs> <laughs> sir, um, so um, what uh what kind of comes to
4: mind for you? It's like the trifecta of stories tonight. <laughs> it's very similar. But so my story is pretty similar to the first two. Mm. There's a lot of overlapping themes here. So, we'd love uh, to hear it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure for all of you, you grow up and you, you see your life going a certain way, and it's a pretty conditioned kind of roadmap, and you want to follow it and kind of tight grip on it. Uh, so, that was me that I wanted to, you know, go to college, um, start a business, not screw up a family like my parents did, and then like find the partner. And it was like, that was my checklist, even though it was non traditional. Um, I did, I got the work thing off the ground. I've, I met the girl I thought, you know, have a future with. And then that, you know, shell kind of broke, you know, I really made me question like every, everything in my life. And this was two summers ago and I was swimming laps in DC. And, uh, I had this like voice come over me too, like go out West, go to Denver. And, uh, I got out of the pool and, um, kind of just overtook me for a couple of weeks. So I, Broke a lease and sold everything, and went out to denver um really having no idea where I'd end up um uh, but it was great, so I went out to denver, got there, and actually, on the way out there, I was supposed to stop at the hotel the first night um but there was um this is an interesting part of the story uh I was supposed to stop at the hotel, but I couldn't find a hotel. I was in uh Des Moines, Iowa, I left from New York so I said screw it I'll chug a coffee get back on the road and just like drive overnight and, you know straight 20 hours and as soon as I got back on the road I hit a tire going like 60 miles per hour and it completely like sidelined me on the road and I think it was like a true like message from above that was like like slow down like slow down in life um anyways I ended up going to Denver and you know on this kind of journey I ended up in San Francisco ultimately you know six months later um but uh, I met someone named Rich, and he was about 55 years old, and he was like this emotional and like spiritual kind of mentor along the way um, that I knew from work stuff, but like showed up for me unlike anything, he the second father. And over the last like year and a half, we've probably had 200 Zoom sessions just working through all the personal work and emotional work and all the things of my past and childhood, how i showed shown up, and then going through the lessons of my parents and behaviors. Um... Yeah, and I've changed so much through it and how I show up. And, you know, accepting them how they are and not expecting them to be things that they don't have the capacity to see. And really it is freeing. Um, Who said free? Where is he? Yeah. So it's (laughs) it's like, very freeing. Um, Just, like, show up as yourself. But you kind of got to script the onion uh, over and over. So, um, yeah, I think just the breakup was the biggest gift. I found someone much older than me who was just like shown up in a way I've never seen before for free. Like, it's just, um, it's just there because he, you know, he had a crazy childhood and we're very similar. So yeah, I've found a new home. You know, my life's completely different. And, um, you know, I think the values are very clear to me what they were all along, but uh, yeah. And then it's been this journey around like self-worth and validation and um, fear of loss and all these things from like childhood um, that I've started to, not let impact me. I mean, they still do small ways, but they're not as present and I'm very aware of them. So yeah, it's been a crazy two years, um, kind of uprooted, very monk, like, you know, fitness oriented and work oriented and you know, self-development stuff at night. So it's been a good track.
1: Wow. Um, Three minutes. Uh, good. I, good enough for me. Um, <laughs> I wasn't timing it. Um, whoo, uh, what do you think, so what was that first call with Rich like, or what, how did that happen? Because it seemed like you said the 200 of Zooms, like, we kind of look at it now, like, oh, wow, it sounds like. But do you remember that kind of first reach out, or did he reach out to you, or just, what was that like? Yeah,
4: he just kept checking in, like, you know, creating a safe place to open <laughs> up. Um, you know, it's funny, I was heavy for, I left two summers ago. It took me probably 10 months to, like, stop feeling heavy because he kept bringing stuff up through this year, um, not just from the relationship, there so many other pieces. Um, but the first, you know, he just kept checking in and came and visited me in Denver. And we went to like yoga together and like walked and like there was one night we walked back to my the apartment. He was just sleeping on the floor. And for whatever reason, I just like, I broke down in like his arms. Like I've never cried in front of my father. But he just like, he was just like this release and it was like, it was like, Weight so much lifting off my shoulders. Um yeah, it's been amazing. He's been like the second father. He's I mean, such a Wow. To Rich.
1: To Rich Shit. Um, Does anybody feel like they want to share? Um, a relationship, hack, story, moment, experience? The answer can be no. you it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, do you want me to pick one or should we have audience crowdsource first? it yeah so like, let's do one of the four categories like raise your hands if you're interested in a romantic story from
1: me Oh, on. sorry
2: raise your hands if you're interested in a romantic story no one family one friends multiple all right let's do a friend one then uh, give me a second to think about it <laughs> um, Okay So It might surprise the people in this room that know me That I grew up a very introverted And quiet kid I had no friends to speak of Until I was in middle school or high school Or I guess I had two friends to speak of But my relationship with those two people Was I sat down and like swapped books with them And we would read at the same place And then talk about those books afterwards um, And we played soccer together but that was about it. And that was because most of the time I was afraid of people and I didn't know what to say in most moments. And also I didn't find people that interesting. I thought books were way more interesting. People talked about boring things like cooties or girls or video games, which were all just not that interesting to me. And then I remember in high school, I went through a moment where I was just more actively involved in extracurriculars. I did a lot of debate. I was in Model UN. I did tennis ran across country and then people were like oh I want to talk to this person more I was like sure that sounds interesting friends are nice I also started to be more interested in girls at that point in time so I think that probably spurred that and since then I have been a more quote unquote extroverted person but also I was telling Rina this a few weeks ago I think that going to like large group events really still drains me most of the time if the point is to interact with people Because it just feels like I'm going to get to say hi to a bunch of people, maybe share a few facts I could have written on a name tag about myself, and then leave. So my hack slash story is going to be about how I moved to New York, even though I said I never would in my life, and then how I think I've approached forming a friend group here, of which many people are in this room, and how much I really love it. Uh, So I was nomadic. For about three years, all over the place, you get to be free. A very interesting theme in all the stories today. And also, you make a lot of good friends in a lot of different places. You don't make a lot of great friends in that many times, though, because you just don't get that much time with people. So I decided to move somewhere. I had no clue where. And decided to move around the country, try a bunch of cities on for size. Ended up really loving my summer in New York. I met four people very randomly in that first apartment I lived in. One of them, actually almost all of them, through the internet, Rena was one of them. And I decided that summer that I was going to just be the most extroverted version of myself possible and go to all the things, go to all the events, try and get all the people's numbers and see where it went. And I think one good thing that came out of that, that's a little mini hack, is I just decided that I was gonna create a group chat of everyone that I met that I would want to see again in some way who also seemed open enough to going to things. And that group chat still lives to this day and has sort of become like a newsletter for events, I would say. People just (laughs) post things in there all the time, but it's a source of a lot of really fun connections. And I always love when I see people who meet new people through that kind of chat. And that was also when people always ask me, like, when you're in a new place, how do you meet new people? How do you find things to go to? I think if you're asking someone else that question, you should also just be unshy about asking that question yourself. Because I think most of the time people... (sighs) want to be at the place where they already have a bunch of friends and connection, you can cough. It's totally fine. Uh, And no one wants to be that person who's like, I don't really have that many great friends yet. So I would love for you to be one of them. But also if you say that to somebody, I guarantee you that the response will be very honest. It will not always be good. Sometimes people will say I am too busy in life to have more friends, but also that's a fine and fair response because I think that saves you the energy of trying to pursue someone who's actually not that interested in pursuing you back or doesn't have the time or space. Uh, And then maybe the last thing I'll share about this is that I think what I've, I'm like honestly still learning and struggled with a little bit is that in a large city like New York, I think, I thought about this the other day actually, if I were to try and take every single person who I could probably be very close to in the city and just get the number, it would be way too big. Like, there are so many people who are amazing, incredible people who live here and live interesting lives that I would love to meet at some point in some way. Uh, and I get exhausted thinking about trying to spend time with all of those people in a way that's significant and meaningful. And so I think for <clears throat> the first year of my time in New York, I constantly spent this trade off between going to new events to one, experience new things, and also to experience and meet new people. And I loved meeting new people. I had a whole, I still have an air table that I keep of all of my friends that I consider really interesting. Honestly, for very practical purposes. I also love hosting things and friends get very offended when you forget to invite them to things. Uh, And so if I forget, because I don't have a great memory, I have a list of people that I know how to invite to certain things. And then I also used it as a like reflection practice every week, just having pictures of people's names and like an air table and being like, this is who I want to intentionally spend time with every week. Am I being true to that? Yes or no. And it's lots of like, I think people who start keeping lists of people in tables start to make it like a game like there's a crm and like a friendship score and then there's all these other things that you start doing there i think all of that is really bad i would not try and gamify your friendships or social life like if you have a system use it but keep it human centered and heart centered not number centered i would say um and yeah the recent shift in my life friendship wise is i've been spending a lot more time just being stable and rooted and intentionally being in one place another big part of nomading for a while is that you get invited to lots of cool things and lots of cool places and then it's fun to be that person who goes to all the places and is like yeah i'm jet setting around and i do cool things but then you also get really tired and then you're like oh i moved to a place to have deeper and more meaningful relationships and i sort of have that but not quite and so it's been saying no to a lot more things in order to say yes to even more depth i would say no to breath and yes to depth has been the theme
1: how do that's do very that? hard in New York. Yeah, I was gonna say.
2: <laughs> <coughs> um, Well, I set a, key, a few ground rules for myself. So I love to dance. I make a lot of my friends going out and dancing. Um, and like two rules I've been following recently that have also just gave me more energy in general are I don't go to more than one, maybe two things if it's for like a really good friend a night versus like doing the four or five going out things, bar hopping around New York, which is like even saying it sounds exhausting to me, thinking about all the nights I've spent doing that. Um, And then also, I've been trying this on recently, which has been, I'd say, an interesting mixed bag, but just being very honest with people about expectations uh, and very candid about what you're feeling. So for example, I'm currently in a space where, like even if I meet really great people, unless there's like a real pull or attraction or draw, it is impossible for me to imagine trying to integrate new people into my life right now. Uh, and I have people who reach out sometimes after they like meet at an event or a situation. are like, oh, you seem really great. Can we get coffee? Can we get lunch? Uh, and it's funny because I remember people saying this to me when I was first in New York. And I was like, I don't get it. And now I really get it, which is that I'm like, you seem really wonderful. You seem great. I'm honestly so busy right now. Uh, and I don't want to like continue to string you on as a person for coffee or lunch, right? Because that what happens inevitably that I think leaves a lot of residual energy and stress for me is you just like, oh, I can't do something this week. And then you like push it off to three weeks from now. But then people who actually want to see you will follow up two or three weeks from now, <laughs> right? And then it's like you're slowly friend-ghosting someone over a period of time. And the other thing that stresses me out a lot of time is having to manage those messages. And then I become worse at responding. So I think saying no to more events and then also to saying no to more people in a way that's kind, but also opens up space for you to spend time with people you want to.
1: love it love it love it um cool so does it who has a question for any of the four people that have spoken um yeah mel um
5: yeah i think rena your question really hit home um a lot for me this is more musings and less questions but any response would be really valuable I see this really intimate connection with being free, freeing yourself of old patterns and childhood behaviors and creating your own life. And also really important recognition of, as my stepmom has said to me, um, Melanie, you could be emotionally doing calculus, but some people are still at basic algebra and you have to be okay with that. (laughs) You have to accept that um being able to do calculus there's a privilege in that so just general musings or thoughts on how do you deal with that privilege and maybe not feel guilty about it which I think is so common in a lot of child parent particularly immigrant parent uh dynamics Melanie that was great um
3: (laughs) um, I yeah I feel a lot of um guilt and a lot of um, yeah, a lot of guilt around my privilege to uh, explore my spiritual self and my 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 life path per se. I mean I would say the guilt isn't as 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 heavy as it used to be. It's definitely much lighter now and I've come to see there's so many aspects to your question that I want to answer so maybe I'll just like touch on one piece of it, which is now, at this point, it doesn't feel as much as guilt, as much as it feels, one, um, like a responsibility. Like, oh, I've been given this incredibly beautiful life, so what am I going to do with this beautiful life? Um, and uh, not feel the heaviness of it, but rather feel the the lightness of poss- possibility. Of David and I were having this conversation yesterday, and we were talking about... Well, maybe David I'll let you share but okay I'll share it um (laughs) um, how after transform transformational experiences what is often the most uh it's it's not often what has happened or like sort of what you did but it's um what came out of it which is um you realizing that you got coming to a point that what you thought what you thought was more yeah, how did yeah, you say yeah. it? it was?
1: Well, great. it wasn't me. Uh, shout out uh, VisaCon on Twitter, um, <laughs> which was this. Uh, it's this idea around processing and um, what when you are kind of go through these peak experiences, um, you then say like, "Oh, wow, this is crazy." I'm trying to process this experience. And what you're you're processing is and your understanding is that, like, what you thought was possible for yourself was different before this experience. And so then after you have this experience, you're like, wow, like, I can now run a marathon. I didn't know that I could run a marathon. Um, And then it's like, okay, so should I run another marathon tomorrow? But then in addition, like, what else about – what else my – not challenging my assumptions on because like this broke through one category, then it means like maybe there's all these other categories I can. So it becomes this like, not just like, wow, I and Burning Man tested myself physically. It's like mentally, emotionally, all those other things can be reevaluated in a different way.
3: Yes. And so now hitting that point home, (laughs) it's sort of like living this life where you're constantly um, being tested on what you are able to do or what is possible for you. Like that, seeing that as a, as a, um, as almost like continuing to, to be on that path and seeing that as a responsibility um, rather than something to to hold you back. Um, So that has for me at least been like the shift over the years of rather than feeling although i do feel guilt sometimes of like my mom's cleaning toilets right now my dad's flipping burgers like rather than feeling the guilt of this like really hard life they're living right now seeing the the responsibility i have to them to my future children to my nephews you know to our future generations So yeah this
5: piece yeah. piece of an answer <laughs> to your question thank you though um yeah karen um yeah this is a question that can actually go for all three of you but how has the journey that you've been on impacted how you show up in romantic relationships just conscious that 90% of that was romantic and we haven't (laughs) really touched upon it
2: (laughs) cool um i would say in every way possible most likely uh I think oftentimes, and I don't I assume people agree with this, but also feel free to disagree with this, that like the way you show up in a romantic relationship is often a reflection of how you are and all your other relationships combined, and then also exacerbated in your best moments and in your worst moments, right? For me, at least, personally, right? I spent 10 years in and out of serious relationships, and then I spent the last two years single. And when I reflect on those relationships and how I think about love today, a lot of it is shaped by one, family relationship. So I think my parents had an arranged marriage, which was very different from all of my other friends growing up and seeing parents who like really loved each other and were like kissing at the dinner table and having like, you know, flirty talk. None of that existed in my household. So my conception of love came from reading fantasy books growing up, not very healthy to carry into adulthood. Uh, and that's been like its own personal journey. And then you take friends and I think I was for a long time the kind of person who threw himself fully into like romantic relationships above all else. I would like text my partner all the time and I would like think of cute things to do for them and then think of adventures we should go on or things we should learn. Uh, And I still want to do all of those things, but I would actually say, I think, I forget who said, I think maybe Kristen was, right? Like having good friends also really amplifies every other element of your life. Because the Mm -hmm. number of people that you get to experience diverse perspectives from, that you can lean on for uh, advice, support, have challenge you in different scenarios, also have check you on like your Mm -hmm. own worst instincts. I have had friends show up for me in great ways over the last year where they were like, you are being a dumbass. And they were absolutely right every time. I did not listen immediately every time, but I have since learned because of that to listen, and I think looking on those people and those moments as support mechanisms and things that are really hard or eventually all-encompassing in your life is really important.
1: I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah. Cool. All right. Um, Well, thanks everyone for sharing and asking questions. Hey, friend. Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There, you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.